Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bizarro. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram, at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs, or you can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts, as well as any of the other podcasts that we have. So with that being said, I have David back with us from Queens, New York, Manhattan, New York, Bronx, New York. Uh, technically, he's got locations in all three right now, maybe even more since we've last talked. I don't know. He's a really booming entrepreneur in the vegan space. Um, but today, specifically, we're going to talk about his ghost kitchen, uh, urban vegan ghost kitchen, I would say. But David, how are you doing today? I'm good and good. Thank you for having me back. You're very welcome. I'm very excited about your story. I love the growth of your businesses. Obviously, I've had Miles, who you work with. He's been awesome. Um, I've had him on a different podcast I do, the Justin Ryan Bizarro Show. Um, I've been at your locations now a few times. Um, you know, I can't believe it's not chicken. And mm-hmm. um, and I'm impressed. Okay, I'm impressed with the the following i'm impressed with the community activity i'm impressed with how many people talk about your business and are attracted to it i'm also impressed with the different avenues you've gone you have kind of three different concepts it's all around vegan but i would say that urban vegan kitchen is different than urban vegan roots out in long island city in queens uh, which is different than the concept of obviously being a ghost kitchen which is in the bronx so Let's let's talk about this, David. Let's number one. Um, we've done two parts with with David, so everyone knows. There's one under Urban Vegan Roots. There's one under Urban Vegan Kitchen. So go back and listen to those. But let's go give everyone a brief uh, update or a brief, should I say, story um, summary of how you got into the vegan restaurant space. Like, where did that come from? Why and when did this happen? Um, I, uh, well, I guess it was just a natural involvement. I, you know, I've been in the kind of health, uh, food business kind of since I started, it's like fell into it. I was working in the juice bar, a very popular juice bar when I was younger, in my uh, early twenties and ran a great juice bar for a while and got into the yoga scene. And, you know, um, then I went off into theater and TV and film for a minute and when I went back to work to look for a part-time job, I ended up working in, with a entrepreneur, vegan restaurateur uh, named Pamela Blackwell, and just ended up, you know, transitioning to a more steady, at least for me, you know, theater and film wasn't really paying the bills as, as, as well as I wanted. And uh, Pamela gave me a chance to be her GM and um, and then ended up, giving me a restaurant so that's how i kind of got into the business okay i'm very intrigued now okay let's go back to the film and the acting and all that was that what you always wanted to do growing up just out of curiosity the showmanship piece yeah i was a writer director i wasn't an actor um i was always a writer i liked writing um was always interested in it um you know i you know, I didn't go to school or anything for it, you know, where I came from at that time, it wasn't really something that, you know, I had opportunities for, but, um, being in New York and being around a lot of creative people, um, you know, it was, especially in the nineties, it was a very DIY era. 
So I started putting up my own plays. Um, I had a lot of help uh, along the way, um, you know, so, but, you know, but it, it, it's, it's hard, you know, you don't make, if you don't, you don't, you kind of have to be in, in, uh, you know, uh, in that around the right people to do it. And I just, you know, for me, it was a very big hill to climb. And by the time it was like a choice, um, you know, I chose to go the restaurant route, like to own my own business. Um, I got very close. I actually, they optioned two of shows that I created and were about to produce one and some, a big actor backed out of it and kind of like, um, you know, F me over and I got kind of really, um, you know, down and like you depressed can on here, by the way, no worries. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, he fucked me over and I kind of got, you know, depressed a little bit. And that's when I was like, oh, you know, let me go back to the restaurant business for a minute. Let me, let me give this a break because for like, I would say five years, I really was creating, um, TV shows. I had a small team, like three or four of us. And, we wrote a lot of treatments and we created a lot of TV shows. We pitched a lot. We pitched all over New York City to all like networks. Um, it was pretty exciting. And like I said, coming where I came from, where I wasn't, you know, in a theater company or anything, we had our own theater company. Um, it was, uh, I got pretty far. So I was pretty proud of that. But, you know, to take that real next step, um, I saw that it was like, wow, like this is something different. And, uh, you know, at that time, I just didn't want to do it. And I was really excited by the opportunity to have my own restaurant because it's a lot like theater, you know, and it kind of came natural to me. Uh, it was weird. I was like, oh, wow, like it's like writing a script. Like I was a writer and a director. So you write the script and then you get the actors you, and then you direct it. So, you know, it was like I wrote the script, which was the idea for the restaurant. And then I would get the right actors, you know, which were all the workers, and I would just direct them and what to do. The the even the music, you know, when I was doing the theater pieces, music was a huge part of what we did. And I also was doing a lot of hip hop theater back then, which back then it wasn't popular in theater. This was a long time ago. So yeah, I even found I remember I that. found it hard. I found it hard to find the right actors right because i didn't come from the theater world right so i was writing plays about growing up you know in queens in the 80s and the 90s right so these actors they were mostly from the midwest they were american a lot of them were not latino right a lot of them were not black so it was like hard to find the right actors you know um i was a little early you know i was like early like if i was 10 years later, forget it. Like now theater is way, you know, way more inclusive and way more. So, um, you know, but it was fun. And like I said, we had like mild success. Uh, you know, I, like I was proud to do what I did and, and, and have the small little success I did in New York city. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, but, um, going back to my original thought, which was, uh, when I started, you know, owning this restaurant, I was like, oh, wow, cool. Like I could put whatever I want on the walls. I could put whatever music I want. I can put whatever food I want. This is a lot of freedom. You know, this is like I can actually put on this show. And if people come, they come, you know. So uh, I found that exciting.
I want to tie this because this is one of the things why Nashville is doing so well in food right now. Obviously, there's the tourism and there's the money. But mm-hmm. one of the things that the food's really doing well there is the showmanship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of Nashville and the music business and the video business around music and just the natural amount of entertainment that's there uh, in the honky tonks, in the everyday thing, it really spills into the food. And for you, it's very similar, and I agree exactly with what you said, but I see it in every event you do, and it's probably why your restaurants are a little bit different each, because they're each a play. And they they harness hip-hop music, they harness poetry, they harness writing, they harness creativity uh, in Manhattan and in Queens, obviously not the ghost kitchen. No one's there other than, you know, you're sending out food. But, like visualize this for me okay or help the audience see this um describe like what your restaurants look like why they look like that why did you design them that way because i now that we've anchored this weirdly that i we didn't before on the the theater piece or i didn't catch it before for some reason um which is probably my bad the um which is my bad not probably but is um talk to me about how you come up with the design because each one's different um Mm -hmm. each one's got a a little bit of showmanship in a different way talk to me about that how did you come up with the different ideas how do you come up with ways to sort of make them different or at least but still be part of the common urban vegan i know you have a clothing company too i Mm -hmm. believe you launched Mm -hmm. um Urban Vegan Clothing, I believe it's called. Um, official. Urban Vegan Official, yeah. Uh, Urban Vegan Official, I'm sorry. Okay. And um, so talk to me about these things because you're orchestrating now. You're designing a plan. You're directing. But these are all also part of a bigger picture. But let's talk about specifically the individual locations, and then let's talk about what this is leading to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when I first opened Urban Vegan Kitchen in on, on Carmine Street, which is eight, nine years ago, it was, uh, you know, really, I just really liked what to do, what I'm feeling at the time, at the moment, right? So Urban Vegan Kitchen at the moment was like, I really, I had been trying to become vegan for like 11 years. I was on and off, on and off. It, it wouldn't catch. But when I started working with uh, Pamela, um, who was the owner of, um, you know, a bunch of restaurants, Blossom, um, she really inspired me to become vegan, like really, like really make the, you know, like the, the, the final like decision to really do it and have like the backbone to do it. And I was very excited by it. And I was like, oh man, this is great. Like it reminded me so much of hip hop. And I would talk to her and my wife a lot about like, man, this reminds me so much of hip hop, like being vegan because it's really a revolutionary and it's really like something where you are kind of, saying fuck you to the system and you're saying like i'm not going to do what you tell me which is very much in the spirit of hip-hop like i'm going to make my own decisions on what i want to do right so at that moment when i was doing urban vegan kitchen i never felt like one i had a place where i could go to in new york city that felt like new york city that was vegan or two as a latino growing up in new york city something that spoke to me as like wow this is my culture like this is home, you know, um, even though there was, there was a lot of great vegan spots, not, I didn't feel like either, there was not one that had that encompassed that. So that's when I told my um, old boss and, and became my partner, like, I want to do this. And 
her, you know, being from the Bronx, a black woman, she felt it right away. I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Like we should do it. So that's how that got started. And then, you know, we did it and we had a lot of success right away. Um, well, at first it was a little, you know, tough because people weren't used to it. And then we got like success and all the rappers and all the movie stars, like, the, I mean, it was crazy how many people just came in and it was like a lot. Um, and then COVID hit and that really like messed us up like tremendously. I feel like especially the vegan restaurants and the ones that were geared towards the urban crowd. And I include everyone from the city in, in the word urban, by the way. Um, but, you know, but it's mostly black and Latino people. But, you know, anyone who lives in the city is really urban. Right. Um, but, you know, the culture is what it is. Um you know, I want to throw it's, in there. There's so like a lot of uh, Bangladesh and, and Indians and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Guyanese as well, I would say. Um, and I agree with you on this vegan thing that's picking up in the city. But I just want to anchor what you're saying because I agree with it 100 percent. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, you know, so we went on and obviously we we're surviving, surviving, surviving. And then, um, you know, other people started doing kind of what we what we did, which is like fine. I'm sure they were thinking about it before we did it. I'm not somebody here who thinks I don't believe any idea is original. It's in the air, and yeah. you know, everybody's thinking about things, and yeah, some people do it first, and some don't. You know, so. But then I started thinking, you know, in you know, especially right after COVID, I started becoming, you know, thinking more about like my spirituality, which. I had, you know, I've been practicing yoga for over 25 years in the juice bar. You know, I was, I learned from amazing people, yoga, Buddhism, you know, all that stuff that came with like being in the health industry back then. Um, and I was like, wow, you know, like I want to incorporate more of this in my life again, like I used to when I worked at the juice bar. So, you know, I started thinking about like, how do I do this in the restaurant? Right. Um, and if, you know, we open up another restaurant, like I don't want it to be exactly like this. I want to take some of this, but I want to make it a little different. Um, so I was like, look, there's not many vegan restaurants in Queens. It's where I'm from. It's where I grew up. We should try to go back there and, you know, like do something. So I found this space and I, said to myself and to the team and I was like you know we got to incorporate a lot of spirituality in this um because that's what the world needs right now in my opinion and it's also what's coming it's really what people are looking for community spirituality a place to gather like going to restaurants is not the same anymore and we're still seeing it shift like we're in the middle of it right now um people really need a reason to go out, at least in New York City, to like go out and be in a space like a restaurant, right? Um, so you gotta give them a different reason to do it. So, you know, we found this like empty space and I said like, I wanna keep it as like, you know, um, open as possible and have it be able to move to be able to have a lot of different kind of events. The first thing that I envisioned was having a lot of like yoga in the restaurant tied into the food. So one of our first events that we started doing there was like a yoga cacao style movement with a brunch and a DJ afterwards. Right. And that event like caught on, like it was like crazy. Like <laughs> I, you know, I expected like 10 people, maybe if we were lucky 
and we started getting 30, 35 people. Um, so we do that like once a month. Um, but that's what's kind of like how we think about what we do with the spaces. It's just what I'm feeling at the moment, like, and what I think I need. You know, I know it sounds selfish, but it's almost like what I need, what I would like to see in the restaurant and then be like, okay, well, I hope that other people, you know, if I need this, I feel like maybe other people do too. And I consult people like Miles and my wife and, things, you know, and really, you know, count on them to kind of like, you know, be honest with me and be like, nah, you're bugging or, you know what, like this makes sense. So, um, you know, it, it's, um, you know, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, booming, but I would say that the feeling is like, wow, like, you know, this is different and this is going to like, this is going to hit at some point, you know, which is waiting for it to kind of form itself, if that makes sense. We're waiting for it to, uh, you know, uh, grow into what it's supposed to grow into because it's different. And um, like when we first opened Urban Vegan Kitchen, it took a minute because it was different. Like people weren't used to going in a vegan spot and listening to Black Moon. Like it just wasn't something they were used to at that time. So it took the right um, crew in there that really believed in it. It took the right clientele to start coming in. And then all of a sudden it just hit. And that's what I feel like is going to happen in Queens because we do a lot of like astrology. We do a lot of yoga there. We do a lot of healing. We do a lot of non-alcoholic events. Um, you know, we still have the hip hop aspect. It's um, a little more curated than Urban Vegan Kitchen Kitchen because I wanted it to be a little bit more uh, put together in terms of like it looks more like an art gallery where Urban Vegan Kitchen looks more like somebody's like bedroom. <laughs> you know, so it's like um, it's a little bit more curated. Wow, that was a really good way of putting it. Actually, that's exactly like the right description. I wouldn't have put it that way originally, but I <laughs> agree with you one hundred percent. And I like that you said that for sure. One's very comfortable, almost casual yeah. almost relaxing almost like i don't know peaceful and the yeah. other one's more like energetic uh filling me with positive energy uh stimulating my mind i would say yeah. um in queens uh comparatively and it's not one's better than the other it's just a very different energy which i was hoping yeah. you were going to get into by the description but i wouldn't have you nailed it for lack of a better term well it is your vision so i, w I guess that's true but uh yeah yeah, go on, David. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's okay. Um, yeah, no, so that's, you know, that's kind of what it is. Um, in terms of the Bronx, um, that was more of a, if I'm being really honest, uh, of a tryout, right? Because I do, I do a lot as like very non-business things, you know, and I spend money and like I kind of like sometimes I feel like I'm not being very um, – responsible you know because i kind of do these things that like are fun and sometimes business isn't fun sometimes business it's like you'll make some money so the ghost kitchen came about in turn like for two reasons one is i really wanted to try out this um this ghost kitchen thing it was really intriguing it's obviously people love to go they love pickup it's so easy i wouldn't use the word easy nothing's easy in the restaurant business but it's way easier than opening up your own brick and mortar it, a lot gets done for you especially if you already know what you're doing it's a great thing to do um and i had a you know i had a a, a young man who's working for me who's from africa and he started as a dishwasher and 
um, he became, he worked in the kitchen. At first he was like nervous about it. I told him, you know, I wanted to pay him more. I wanted him to make more money because I liked him so much. He was a hard worker. I said, but being a dishwasher, I, you know, there's just a certain ceiling you're going to hit. You should go in the kitchen. And he went in the kitchen and I, you know, made some money. And then he ended up becoming a captain in the kitchen and ended up becoming a real leader. And, you know, I've, wanted to always go to the Bronx. People always telling me, go to the Bronx, go to the Bronx, go to the Bronx. This ghost kitchen opportunity came up and I saw him as somebody who can, I can put up there and have him lead it. Um, you know, he just had a, a baby and, you know, he's really somebody who thinks, you know, wants to do more in his life. So I made a deal with him. I said, look, I want you to go up here. You know what you're doing. Take it on. If, it does well, uh, which I think, you know, and I hope it will after a year, you know, I'm going to make you part owner, kind of like what my, you know, my old partner did for me. Um, and so far it's going well. So, you know, and he's doing a great job. Um, so, you know, that's something that I'm hoping. I love that you paid it forward, by the way, what you were given, you paid it forward to someone else. You gave back what you were given uh, to ensure that you would continue to be able to receive what you were, what you have. I love that. So anyway, sorry, David, go on. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, that's kind of, you know, if I'm, you know, I got to put my money where my mouth is, right. If I'm, you know, being spiritual, we're being compassionate, you know, that's kind of the stuff you, you have to do. So, um, but it works so because he makes he helps us make money. So, you know, it, 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 it's a win for everybody. Um, he uh, so, you know, I'm hoping and I'm I, I'm actually trying to find somebody who can facilitate. It's like these are things that like a brand like ours can franchise, you know. Um, so that's kind of the reason we went up there to try it out to see if it would even work. If it's something that we can do. Um you know, when we were doing Blossom Du Jour, which, like I said, it was one of the brands with my old partner, when we were running her stuff, like, she had an amazing um, to-go business, you know. Again, she's somebody who came early. Like, she came too early. Like, if she was around now, forget it. She'd be killing it. But she was in the game for a long time, and, um, you know, she decided to retire. But, um, you know, the to-goes and everything is not a foreign concept to me. We know how to do it. It's just the restaurant, the sit downs are a little bit more fun for lack of a better term. Um, but to the, but the, to go, if you can figure it out are really, a, a, you know, a pretty, um, can be a, you know, a, a nice little money maker. So I love this. I'm going to ask some specific questions here. One is, um, you obviously a thinker. Do you think that the ghost kitchen thing, do you see yourself getting into other ghost kitchens, being able to do this, say, in other cities around the world? Because I will tell you, and I'm just going to plant this seed, Nashville, Tennessee could use this concept in the ghost kitchen they have down there that they've just built that as empty space. And I'm not, there's no benefit to me to tell you this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I, there's such a lack of this type of food spiritually down there. It is the South. Mm-hmm. And while there is a lot of California and New York moving there, there's a lack of good vegan food, okay? And I'm going to ask a question on that eventually, but, I mean, that's one. And number two is, interestingly, after the other episodes we did, someone asked me about whether or not you had any food trucks for catering for weddings and stuff. I said, mm-hmm. no, I didn't think so. 
I didn't know if that was in the plan, but I also asked me if you were ever going to maybe franchise or license what you do in order for people to maybe grow it as a business, even in food trucks. So can, talk to me about those two things real quick, and we can get back on the, the Nashville thing that I just discussed also. Yeah, I mean, of course, that's an idea. The thing is, um, you know, it's uh, somebody to help me facilitate it. I'm in the middle of trying to find partnerships that make sense um, because I do believe in the brand. I do believe in the food. But, you know, there's a lot that I, you know, it's just a lot to do. And there's a lot of knowledge that I lack in terms of how to grow something. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm like, a, you know, um it reminded me a lot of a lot of the stuff that I've done in my life. Like when I was a writer, like I didn't know how to navigate being a writer, even though I can honestly say this with, you know, with um, with confidence. Like I was a very good writer. Like I got far, <laughs> like not really having anybody helping me, you know, like nobody was navigating me. Um, I had a little help along the way uh, from certain people. But, it, you know, I really just started putting up plays Um you know, I had a professor who helped me put up my first play. And then from there, it was like, you know, we just started doing it. And like for coming from where I came from, I got far, but I hit a ceiling. And I'm starting to feel that in the restaurant. You know, I'm going to be honest with you because I, I, I'm i just not finding the right partnerships that are going to help it grow. So that's actually what I'm in the middle of right now is trying somehow to find people to help me do this because I do think that our brand would do great somewhere like Nashville would do great somewhere like even London, let's say, or like Tokyo, right? Cause we don't just sell food. We sell culture. We want to sell New York city culture and we want to sell um, vegan culture and those two things together. Um, and we do have great food and it's comfort food for the most part. We can do like quote unquote healthy food, but we also see that the comfort foods really where it's at. When people go out, they want to indulge, you know, whenever we try to do super healthy food on the menu, it could be great or whatever you offer to people. They love like the burger or they love like the mac and cheese or, you know what I mean? And um, that's great. You know, I believe in you got to give the people what they want, what works. Um, So, yeah, to answer your question. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, in my mind and it's definitely, um, you know, if I'm having a moment of a. uh, you know, I don't even know what the word is, you know, feeling myself or whatever. Like I see other brands trying it and, you know, a lot of them don't do it right. And it's just like, because I've been in this game for a while, for like 20, 25 years, I've seen what works, what fails. I just need the right people to be like, okay, this is how you do this, or this is how we're going to do this. You know, you do that. You, you do that. You build the culture You know, you've got the menu. Let us scale it up for you. You know, I don't know how to do that. I don't have that like knowledge. I'm I'm trying my best to figure it out, but it's a lot. Um, And it's maybe not necessarily what I want to do either, even though um, I want it to happen, if that makes sense. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with that. But to answer your question, yeah, yeah, of course, I would love to do that because especially a lot of vegan people, I find a lot of vegans, they want to, let's say they would like the ghost kitchen, right? Like what's great about that is there's a lot of vegans that come to the restaurant. We get a lot of tourists. We get a lot of people from all over the world and they genuinely want to bring this culture and this food to people where they are, 
right? And but for me to go and be like, you know, get 300k, 400k on the cheap end and open up a little restaurant, that's like you're taking a huge risk, you know, like and if you really don't know what you're doing and you don't have 15, 20 years in the game, you're probably going to fail, unfortunately, right? But with the ghost kitchens, you're talking about a, you know, 50k investment, 75k investment and if you have a proven brand, it's, you know, way, way, you're in a way better position to like succeed, you know? So, um, yeah, you know, I would love to do it. And this, uh, you know, I'm going to definitely reach out to you offline or and maybe come visit you because I can maybe help you with this and connect you with mm-hmm. some right people and, and maybe mm-hmm. even help, um, scale some of this because it is what I do. It is, you know, my group, um, you know, and you're on the podcast. I do it just to volunteer my time. You've always been great to us and, and allowed us to use the space in your restaurant for networking events for Gorilla Brave and all that type of stuff, which is anyone in the audience who hasn't doesn't know already, that's the Food Entrepreneur Networking Group that we've started. It is free to anyone who does an interview on the podcast. They get the, the group piece for free um, and access to the Facebook page. Um, that particular group and access to the other food members and, and ability to communicate and the questions we ask and the core values and stuff we build. So one, I, I'm going to make sure I get you involved in that, David. Number two is um, I think I can help you because, and this is why I'm going to say it, I, I don't normally volunteer this. I've been in vegan food and vegetarian food for hospitals for 25 years, okay? And traditionally, it always gets stuck at Asian Okay, mainly like Thai and Indian, okay, Mm -hmm. and African, uh, like literally from the continent of Africa. And it's it's been very rare that anyone's crossed over the way that you did to your point of comfort food, okay? Mm -hmm. That's why I believe the differences between you and a lot of other vegan restaurants. The other thing about other vegan restaurants is they're almost too proper, okay? Mm -hmm. They're almost too uncomfortable for someone who's trying to figure out whether or not they should do it or not okay i would describe it as you know it's the difference between going into a church for i don't know an aa meeting or going into a psychiatrist for alcoholism and it's the white room okay i only use those examples because i just i can't think of any other way to put it it's like one is scary and intimidating and one's more inviting because there's other people there that are suffering from the same thing if that makes sense one's more authoritative one's more community and um and it's the best example i can do because i really feel that that's what we're talking about in vegan food right now uh, plant-based, vegetarian, however we want to look at it. And we got to be careful. Everyone needs to look at those definitions because they all mean different things. Plant-based means different than vegan, which means right. different than vegetarian. Okay. So if anyone thinks they're all the same thing or close to the same thing, there's quite a difference in each of them. And in the hospitals, when we were doing, we had to have vegan and vegetarian. Okay. So that tells you that there is a difference just from a diet that major that the hospitals had to offer both. Um, Huh. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're, you, you know, you hit it on the head. That's part of the reason we create the spaces that we create to make people feel comfortable to go in there and, and try the food because that's really what it's about. When I say that we really are trying to present vegan culture, like I really mean that I'm not trying to make whatever. It's because people have a misconception of it. And, and I understand why, like I get, I get it. Um, 
And I do think people are curious about it, no matter what, even if they say they don't, they're not or whatever, they, they, they are, they're curious about it. So we're just trying to create a space where people can come and try the food, try the culture and understand that it's not, I personally don't preach like you got to become vegan. It's really hard. It's not something for everyone, but if you can incorporate it in your life, even one or two days a week, you're just making huge shifts, you know, for yourself and for the world, you know. I'm going to anchor this because I have a two pieces to this. Um, I have two questions based on what you just said um, and two pieces that I want to go or tangents or conversation. The first one is, is which came out of the audience uh, from your other two episodes, which is how, and we just kind of talked about in comfort food, how did you come up with such variety of food for a restaurant? Because I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of restaurants lack variety. They lack diversity. They lack flavor profiles in vegan food or vegetarian food or whatever, you know, this case, vegan food. So how did you, when you started your restaurant, the original one, and, and now over to Urban Vegan Roots and, and the Ghost Kitchen, how did you come up with the ideas and the recipes and developing the ideas? Because I think they are unique and I think they are comfortable comparatively. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's just, I let people do them. You know, I, I, you know, I've worked in a lot of restaurants where like, you know, owners like really micromanage the, the kitchen and they're not chefs, but you know, they kind of want to be chefs. And I really saw like how that hurt, you know, um, Again, also the theater background of like when you're the director, you, you got to let actors do what they do. You got to let them um, uh, experiment and then you throw it out there and whatever works, works. So it's it's kind of like what we do in the kitchen is everybody. I, it sounds crazy, but everybody got free reign. Like we when people when we go in the kitchen, whoever works in the kitchen, it don't matter whether, you know, you you're a chef or you think you're a chef or you're not or whatever. If someone wants to make something, they make it and we all try it. And then if we all try it and we like it, we put it out to the, to the, to the, you know, to the people. And if, and then they speak and then they say they like it or they say they don't. Um, so the, 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 you know, the menu has grown like that. Like we had an original chef um, who came up with the chicken and waffles, which is, you know, the, the big thing. And, um, he was great. He was amazing. And then, but you know, he didn't stick on, he just made the menu. He didn't want to work in the restaurant. Um, so him and Pamela, my old partner, they made a lot of the first menu. Um, and then it grew from there just from being in the restaurant and being like, let's try this, let's try that. Oh, this dude's Mexican. You know what? Make something from Mexico. Cool. Great. This person came in and there, you know, he was a Chinese guy and he's like, Oh, make this, you know, Chinese thing. Cool. Like, you know, um, just like that. Like, you know, I, 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 you know, I wish it was more complicated, but it really is just throwing things out and seeing what works and what doesn't one day going in there and being like, Hey, you know what? Like, let's make this cereal ice cream. Like that'd be cool. And then they make cereal ice cream. And I've been lucky to have very creative people, um, around me. Um, I'm not a chef at all. Um, I've suggested certain things, you know, to make that go on the menu, but I don't make the food. I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't write recipes down and say, we should do this, do that. I'll say like, 
I really want a spicy chicken sandwich, bro. <laughs> like, can you make me one? Like, all right, cool, let's do it. And then, you know, let's put some cheese on it. And you know, and then people come in and, you know, and they love it. And I think I it's also, it. and it's also like people, and I also think the diversity speaks to, again, New York City. This is what New York is. The Indian guy in the corner next to the Chinese guy, next to the Ecuadorian guy, they all play together. We all go to the park. We all eat at each other's houses, right? We all... No one even you know, sees the difference, so we don't even notice, other yeah. than that we associate with Ethiopian or Chinese or uh, Ecuadorian. I remember what the other one you said, but maybe I me- yeah. got mixed up there. But yeah, I agree. Or Indian, sorry. Um, but yeah, I agree with yeah. you. It's weird because you spend enough time there, like that stuff is just like we're all the same. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, that, you know... I remember, you know, uh, you know, all my, you know, black friends coming over and eating the food and be, yo, this is like amazing. Like, you know, loving it. You know what I mean? So it was like we just shared in each other's cultures, you know, and we celebrated it, you know. So the menus like that, like I never wanted to, you know, I played around with the idea and sometimes I kick myself for not doing it. Um, but I played around with the idea of just making like a Latin, you know, um, vegan restaurant, right? But I don't know, it just didn't work out that way, you know? Like, it just, this is just more of the way that it worked out because I also use what's what's around me, you know? Like um, James Brown said, right? You got to use what you got to get what you want, right? So it's like whatever's around me at the time and we're building it, all right, cool. Like, you're next man up. Like, what do you like to do? You're the chef now, <laughs> you know? What do you think? And that's how like Roots was built. Um, you know, Jimmy was somebody who was working for us and we had another guy that was going to be the chef, but he didn't work out and we were about to open and he made like great food and, you know, um, he just kind of like took on the position and he ended up being like really, really great. Like, really? Like, I was like, wow, like this is, you know, um, as Miles would say, this is divine. Like the guy just ended up being here and he loves doing this and he is really great at making, you know, it's funny because he was also the perfect person to evolve into this next kind of like thing that we want to do, which was make simpler uh, food with like less ingredients, but that kept that flavor. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to do this because like not a lot of people can do it. And this dude ended up being able to do that. And he does that. Like, you know, he makes tomatoes taste like fish. Like, I don't understand. And he uses like three ingredients, you know, it's just, you got to know how to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, so yeah, it's like kind of whoever's there just, you know, they try things and we put it out and whatever works, works. I want to comment on something you said, you know, you gotten lucky, but I think a lot of it is the laws of attraction and your personal mindset, your openness, your ability to let people play their role and own their role uh, mm-hmm. and take ownership in the menu. I think like that's to your point, the a lot of restaurateurs, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of chefs don't allow that freedom. Okay. Um, for the audience, like you don't allow the freedom, you're not going to have the creativity and you're not going to produce what Urban Vegan Roots uh, is producing. I mean, the food is phenomenal and it always surprises me. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned 
uh, a little bit of, you know, the transformation that you had once, you know, Pamela had talked to you about being vegan. Like, what is it that changed in you once you, you got into it and you talked about the rebellion and hip hop and all that, but it, it also, obviously, you're changing your lifestyle. Um, how would you say it changed your life? Obviously, not talking about your now own businesses, that's obvious, but how did it change you individually? Maybe how did it change your family uh, if it did impact them? Um, well, my wife, you know, she was, she's been vegetarian. She's OG. She's been vegetarian since she was like nine. Like, you know, she was, she tells a story about how when, you know, she, her grandfather, who she was super close to, like took her out fishing and she just couldn't do it. Like, you know, (laughs) so she knew from her early age that she didn't want to eat animals. So, you know, it was easy for her. For me, it was a spiritual, like, growth uh, that started, like I said, in the juice bar, started thinking about, um, you know, just what I wanted out of my life, how I wanted to live, how, you know, my ideas were like, uh, like I said, I don't, I'm not a believer in, you know, telling other people what to do. I'm a firm believer in freedom. I really, really, really believe that. I really, truly believe in karma. So if you, if you really believe in karma, then you kind of let people do what they do because you believe that everything is necessary even you know obviously like death and things like that even quote-unquote bad things are part of what is necessary um in life and for things to happen right so um it's kind of a touchy subject sometimes with people because they feel like oh you don't care it's like it's not that i don't care it's just i can control only what i can control and what somebody else or another being is going through that's what they're they need to go through in their lives and in their existence right but for me i just got to a point where i just didn't want to be part of that um world i didn't want to be part of eating another um another being um you know uh so i just think i liked um having control of you know what i was putting in my body uh i liked how it made me feel uh physically and spiritually um and you know it was a it was a process so part of owning the restaurant is a lot giving people that information and that choice not necessarily you know coming at people just more of like hey look this is what we do come in and try it and see how you feel and also, it's not what you might think it is. You don't have to be a certain way. Like right now, it's like everybody puts, you know, people in boxes, right? Like, oh, you're vegan, so you must like this. Or I'm Republican, so I can't be vegan. You know, <laughs> it's like, nah, dude, like there's plenty of vegan Republicans, trust me, you know? Um, so I just like being part of, you know, a culture that is kind of, you know, in, in, in my eyes, you know, trying to better things, you know, um, vegan culture to me, to us in the restaurant is not just food. Food is just the beginning of the conversation because I feel like once you start making the choice to eat vegan, whether it's once, twice, seven times a day, what a week or whatever, you start also questioning other things in your life. Like, Hmm, maybe I could be better physically. Maybe I could be a more compassionate person with my spouse, or maybe I could, you know, help 
other people in other ways, you know? Um, and that's what I like about the vegan culture. It's like when it's done right, um, it helps you to kind of look at many aspects of your life and, and feel like, oh, how can I do this better or different? Let's say maybe what I'm doing isn't working out for me. I, I just met a guy the other day. He came in and, you know, came in the space, loved it with, you know, we were talking and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to go vegan. I do it like five days a week, but yeah, I'm like, that's amazing. You know, to me, I'm like, it's amazing that somebody like that who still chooses to eat meat also eats vegan, if that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of times people that eat meat, they just like, I'm only eating meat. I'm not even going to try vegan. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm always like, dude, like, you know, not, you know, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to kill you. To eat, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it, 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 it kills me. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. So I went to the, to the supermarket the other day and I went to go buy, I think it was like mint. We needed mint or something. And there was this kid. Uh, oh no, no. I went to buy tempeh and there was this kid behind the counter, a young kid, like maybe 18, maybe young. And he looked, he goes, Oh, that's that fake meat stuff. I said, yeah. I was like, you like vegan food? He goes, nah, I like meat. I like meat. I like, and he just kept saying it. I like meat. I like meat. I said, okay. It's like, I got you, bro. I was like, but you know, you could eat vegan food too. I know, but I like meat. I like meat. I said, I got you. I said, all right. But you know, I said, we got this, you know, we got this restaurant in the corner. She come check it out. Right. Like just come, you know, maybe you like it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know, but I like meat. but, uh, you know, I, right, you know, give me the IG or whatever, you know, and he started like looking through the Instagram and, you know, you know, and I was like, oh, it's cool, whatever. But I was just like, wow, like he didn't even like want to hear it, you know. Um, but after a minute, you know, of, you know, me talking to him, he kind of little got open to it. But that's kind of what we fight in our industry, you know, in the vegan industry. We fight that, like the not even wanting to like even explore the possibility that they might like it. You know, um, so in that sense, it's 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 can be a challenge sometimes. But, uh, you know, if you're in the business, it's a challenge that you should take on. It's a challenge that you should be happy about, because especially at Urban Vegan Kitchen, I feel like we've touched a lot of people that never thought they would in their lives even eat vegan food and they end up liking it and coming. And then also just learning more about, you know, just things in the world because the, you know, the vegan culture starts, you know, you thinking about things like climate change, about disease, about your body, about exercise. So that's what I feel is, uh, you know, the great thing about, you know, um, having a business like that and, you know, opening up people's minds. I love it. Um, David, where are you hoping? I mean, we talked about a little bit where, you know, trying to see the future and not sure, but like, what are you hoping the impact of all this is? The existing stores, I'm not talking about let's, you know, let's mm -hmm. talk about with what's in the now. Uh, um, and I don't want to say not to vision or be a visionary. Um, that's not mm -hmm. what I'm saying. But I am saying like, where are you hoping, you know, urban vegan roots, the, the ghost kitchen and urban vegan kitchen, what are you hoping they ultimately land at? I mean, honestly, just a sustainable business, you know, that, that last, uh, it's really, you know, New York market is really, really tough. Um, uh, so you're always competing, you know, rents are always going up, taxes are going up. So I just really want them to last and I want to have fun. Um, you know, um, 
yeah, I mean, that's really it. Like in New York, you're really always kind of fighting for your life, you know? So um, I just want them to be known. Um, and I want uh, people to talk about them in a positive manner. You know, I feel like Urban Vegan Kitchen has definitely touched a lot of people. So I'm hoping that Roots um, does the same and the Bronx does the same. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really think about it much further than that. Um, uh, I try not to. Um, obviously, I, I'm thinking about expanding and those things. But, you know, in the day to day, you know, I'm I'm pretty much in the restaurants every day. You know, like I told you before, I was just, I just took a catering today. So I'm always in there. Um, so I'm feeling what it is. There's the ups and the downs. And, you know, right now it's it's tough. New York is tough. Um, people ain't going out like they used to. Um, but, you know, we're figuring it out figuring it out absolutely um and i know we covered some of this on the previous episodes but i'm going to ask it again like Mm -hmm. who inspires you what motivates you you know what are some of the leaders or or maybe mentors in your past that have helped you land where you are um definitely you know like i said my old partner pamela who's you know first my boss she's you know an amazing person she had like like nine restaurants at one point. Um, she was a black woman from the Bronx, but she really did it. You know, she was real, like a real vegan. Um, really wanted to bring it out. She was, like I said, early. She was a, she was a pioneer. She was really early. She, you know, it kind of burned her out. Um, she tried to expand a little, a little quick, um, but I can understand. You know, it was exciting. Um, my old boss at the juice bar, again, another guy, he was an amazing dude, a uh, Jewish dude from Brooklyn, old school New Yorker, real estate guy, but became a yogi, um, you know, opened up this juice bar out of nowhere, you know, it was like failing for like a year and then out of nowhere, it just boomed and it became this amazing thing um, that other people ended up going and uh, franchising, uh, t- turning into something else. Um, my family, obviously, they're really the reason like we even do it. Uh, you know, my wife, she does pretty much everything. I, like I always say I have ideas. She really is the one that like makes it happen. Um, you know, uh, I just think create, you know, creativity. I mean, different people inspire me and, you know, for different ways. I mean, that's why we have all those photos on the wall, really. It's because these are people that, you know, have inspired me personally throughout, you know, my life, whether it's music or sports or, uh, you know, cultural icons, you know, anyone from, you know, Jimmy Carter to, you know, Nas or, you know, Ram Dass or, you know, just people that, um, you know, are, are different. I don't know, create culture, you know, like I said, like, I, I feel so lucky, so, so lucky to have grown up in New York when I did um when there was so much culture being built and it seemed like everybody felt the freedom to create you know um and do the diy thing you do it yourself you make your little poster you know like when we did the theater you know it was so much fun making the postcard you know getting people out there building the set um you know um obviously i was a writer so there's a, a ton of writers that I grew up loving, you know, Bukowski, Neruda, you know, just, like I said, culture in general, you know, I mean, I could go on for days, you know. 
I love it. And it's the same. Like I have a lot of hip hop that influenced me that like struggle that picking yourself out of a bad situation by your bootstraps, hard work, determination, growing yourself, intellect, rebelling a little bit against the norm to to find yourself. Um, all of that stuff. So I agree uh, 100%. And uh, what's your favorite thing at each restaurant? What's your favorite thing, say, at the Ghost Kitchen? And maybe it's all the same thing across all of them. But what are some of the favorite things on the menu that you enjoy? Um, it depends. You know what it is? Um, we're, like, very lucky to have great, like, people working in the kitchen. I, you know, it, there is a difference you see with people. Different people make the food. So, it kind of depends like who's making it. Right. So like I got, uh, we have this, this gentleman Guadalupe who works in our roots, um, spot and, you know, he makes like the, um, an amazing burrito. We call it the Brando burrito, right? Like after Marlon Brando. Um, uh, and you know, so right now that's what I'm eating at Roots. Like I have my burrito every morning. It's like a tofu. It's like a classic. That's why we call it the Brando because it's a classic burrito. Like what you would think of vegan burrito, tofu, avocado, rice, beans, you know, uh, numu mozzarella cheese, um, classic burrito, but it's just so tasty. Like he makes it really, really well at, at urban vegan kitchen, you know, the classics there are the mac and cheese, um, the Korean barbecue wings, um, our burgers really, really good. Uh, but for me, I always have the po' boy. I don't know why, maybe because we don't have it in the other restaurants, but I was just there today and I was like, I'm gonna have a po' boy. Um, that's not something I grew up eating, <laughs> you know? Um, but I love it. Uh, you know, I love the dressing. Um, and I eat it every time I'm there. I just I have a pool. My older son, he's 17, who works at the restaurant too. Uh, he always has the pool boy as well. So I don't know. Probably it's just something about in, in that location, the pool boy is a thing. Um, and uptown, like I said, Dembo's there. So, you know, all the food is really good, but he's very good at making baked goods, right? So he makes a carrot cake up there. So when we go up there, always have the carrot cake. You know, he, I think it's his spirit. Like he's such a jovial, like person who finds like the joy in everything. I mean, honestly, this dude, like part of the reason I even wanted to partner with him is because he's such a really jovial, happy person. And, you know, you got to like keep people like that around, like no matter what, like you got to protect them. Um, so I think like when you make baked goods, like you have to have that energy. You know, if you really see the best bakers, they're usually like happy people. You know, there's just something like about making a baked good that makes you happy, right? You know, when you eat like a great cookie or like a nice, like, uh, like I said, like a carrot cake. So, or a donut. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I wish we had the capacity to do that. We don't. Um, but yeah, um, up there, I would say like the baked goods and, and they're hidden as soon as we put them up, like people have been buying them. So, Love it. Thank you, David. I really appreciate your time. And, you know, we've been literally juggling each other's schedule all day today, along yeah, with the staff here at the studio um, and my support system uh, here uh, to try to get all these shows off the ground since we do produce so many. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to say to the audience, maybe to any entrepreneurs out there or anyone in the vegan space 
um, before we go, I want to just make sure I give you the microphone. I'm obviously going to have you back on the show, uh, you know, and I'm, uh, the more I talk to you, I feel the closer I get to you and the more I want to come back out and visit you. And I'm definitely going to come sit down and, with you and talk about this scalability thing uh, a little yeah, bit with you and that. pick your brain. Are you, if, if you're in, I don't know if you're in New York, but uh, yeah. on Monday we're, we're having a, um, a chef's night. If you come by as my guest, if you want, you should definitely come through. Bring yeah, somebody. absolutely. It's on Monday night in uh, Queens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we have them once a month, um, you know, so we let Jimmy just do him. So it's like a three-course, like, you know, and that's really like, you know, for like, you know, what we call bougie, you know, it's very like nice. It's, you know, he does really high end stuff. So I uh, definitely come by, come by. I will be there. Um, I will be yes. there. Um, I'd love to do that with you guys. I'd, I'd love to do something like that. That'd be really cool. Uh, and I will cool. be back in New York then for sure. So, um, yeah. absolutely. Uh, where can they find you guys online? Where can they find you on social media? Where can they find the clothing? Yeah. Um, so we're, at Urban Vegan Roots, at Urban Vegan Kitchen, at Urban Vegan VX. Um, our clothing line is uh, at Urban Vegan Official. Um, yeah, so we're in Queens, we're in Manhattan, and we're in the Bronx. And you said that was BX, is that correct? Urban Vegan correct. BX? Cool. Correct. Um, just mm-hmm. so I have it to add to mine, because I don't think I have that one. Um, and following mm-hmm. you that one, or and I don't know if I'm following the clothes either, but I want to make sure I give you guys support. Um, big that. supporter always, um, especially, and you understand this cause you're becoming quite, and I'm going to give you a compliment as we end here. You're becoming quite a juggernaut in the food community in New York city, whether you realize it or not, the, the tie to hip hop, the tie to skateboarding, the type, the tie to, uh, sports that's all coming around based on the culture that you're creating. You're making vegan friendly and you're making it part of the community. And even someone who may eat meat, like it's very easy to go there and feel at home and not worry about what's on the menu or you're afraid that I'm not going to like it because it's not meat. It's just not true. Okay. And you really reinforce that you really open eyes to the individuals there. Um, and anyone who goes to your restaurants or orders your food, uh, that this is really something that, you know, we can do that. You can, even if you don't want to do it all the time, to your point, it is something you can do every once in a while and just try it. It's good. It's different. And not to mention the community and the culture, um, at all at your restaurants and also the energy, the positive energy from your food, even if it's delivered is incredible. So I think there's a lot of great energy there. Um, um, so, you know, I would, keep doing that you're just you're a networker you're you grew great socially and it's a huge superpower of yours uh for sure david and and i appreciate what you're doing for the world and for the community and for people and giving them hopes and jobs and careers and a place in the community to go to practice you know yoga or poetry or astrology or whatever and make it part of the community not enough businesses especially food businesses get involved in bringing their community in and uh, should I say, uh, expo- helping get exposure to the community. Businesses and entrepreneurs should be helping their communities get exposure, period. That's the point of being there. That's the point of employing people. That's the point of you know, having impact, having dreams big enough to fit others in them. It all comes down still in food to our communities. You know, well, it, it, it used to be that way. I mean, I, I, I finally saw Hamilton like, 
um, a couple of like a month ago, and I realized I'm like, oh, this whole revolution started in the pubs, right? Like they go <laughs> yep. out, eat, drink, and talk about like what are we gonna do with about this, right? So, you know, it's yeah. just yeah, you know, we have to bring it back to especially in New York City. You know, it's always been, you know, about going out, eating food, and talking and ex- ex- exchanging ideas. You know, so. I love the Hamilton reference. It's spot on. You nailed that one. That was like square hit the net on the nail on the head with a hammer. And uh, again, thank you very much, uh, David. Again, I appreciate everyone who listens in. I appreciate all the entrepreneurs who have been on the show. If you guys like the episodes, you like any of David's episodes, the Urban Vegan Roots, the Urban Vegan Kitchen, this one will be called Urban Vegan in parentheses Ghost Kitchen because I'm trying to give exposure to everything he does. Um, if you guys like these episodes, share it, give a review, uh, write something nice. It helps with the algorithm and helps get the name out there. It helps get his message out there so it can help other entrepreneurs or other people who may be trying to discover, uh, being a vegan and need a place to go. Okay. And I'm going to leave everyone with this. You know, we often get into veganism and we're trying to fit in. Okay. But I'm going to tell everyone this. You go to places like Urban Vegan Roots and Urban Vegan Kitchen, it's a place you will belong, okay? Even if you're not vegan all the time, it is a belonging that you will find there, okay? It is a sense of community. It is a sense of growth. And you're not going to find restaurateurs or restaurants that truly understand, number one, showmanship, but more importantly, the energy and the positive energy that has to go along with it that we're putting on to people, not only through the food, but through the environment and through the culture and through the community, we're also um, raising up. So thanks again, David. Um, I appreciate you. appreciate you rearranging your schedule as much as we have today. And um, in the audience, thank you guys. You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts as well as my other shows. Uh, you can just type in my last name, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. Any of them will pop up. And you can find us on Instagram at Just the Food Entrepreneurs. Thank you guys again. I love you guys. And we're out. Thank you. Thank you.